Our message this morning, we're going to come from the book of Acts. And the second chapter of Acts, beginning with verse number one. And we want to talk from a theme, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit within you. The power and presence of the Holy Spirit within you. The writer tells us in the book of Acts, the second chapter, beginning with verse number one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem and Judea devout men out of every nation under heaven. And now when this was noticed abroad, the multitudes came and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Yes. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these that speak Galilee? And how hear we every man in our own language? The word of God tells us in the first chapter, of Acts verse number 8 these words but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth who is the Holy Spirit Bible tells us and shares with us that the Holy Spirit, the Greek word is the word ha-ruach kadosh. Some say ruach kadish. But he is the divine force, the quality, and the influence of God all over the universe. Genesis tells us in the first chapter in the second verse that and the earth was void and without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And the Spirit was in the beginning with God, the Spirit of God. The Ruach Elohim is the great breath of life, the wind that gives and breathes and moves throughout the earth. The Greek word is the word pneuma, or some say panuma, which means the wind or the breath. The spirit of the Holy Spirit has seven characteristics. And those characteristics include wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and the fear of God. The Bible tells us and shares with us that we need to understand and know the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is recorded 94 times throughout scripture. This word, ruach, pneuma, is recorded in the word of God. John tells us in the fourth chapter and the 24th verse that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He is God all by himself. How do we know that? Because Isaiah tells us in the uh, 40th chapter in the 13th verse, who has directed the spirit of God Amen. or being his counselor have taught him none. No one has that authority or power. And in, in Zechariah, the fourth chapter in the sixth verse, we find that not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord God almighty, the God of hosts. By my divine force. See, the Holy Spirit is more than just a spirit. It is the divine force, the power of God in the atmosphere, the working power of God in the earth is the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Genesis tells us in the second chapter in verse number seven, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the earth. We are human spirits. I told you last Sunday that man is a spirit. He has a soul and God placed it in the dust of the earth or a physical body. But that spirit is made in the image and the likeness of God himself. In Genesis 2, 7, we find that the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul which houses the character, the intellect, the intelligence, the mind, and the will and emotions of every individual person. The word of God tells us that we must operate in the spirit of the living God. If we don't operate in the spirit, we are going to be useless. You go places sometime and there's no power, there's no presence of God in the place, and people just fall in a formation and a formality, it's because the Holy Spirit has not been invited to come into the ministry, to come into the place of fellowship. He comes everywhere, every Sunday. But is he invited to come in and share with the people of God to intervene in the situations and circumstances. The Bible tells us and shares with us that we are spirits, but we live in houses. And the houses is is the fact that we need to know who God is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself is God. And God himself said, I'm spirit. Worship me as spirit. Worship me in truth. The human spirit must realize that we are still a part of the original image of God himself. Not only that, he tells us that we have to keep these houses or these physical flesh, these bodies purified. In the first chapter, first Corinthians chapter six, verse 19, he says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of God. And you are not your own because you are bought with a price. You belong to God. You're bought with a price. And because you're bought with a price, you are not your own. So therefore, you must glorify God in your spirit and glorify God by keeping your physical body purified. He tells us in Acts, the second chapter, verses one through four. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there's 120 people in that upper room. Suddenly, he says, there was a rushing mighty wind. The sound itself that filled the house where everyone was sitting. See, 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 the sound of a a rushing mighty wind. Then he says, and there appeared cloven tongues. See, a cloven is is like an ox that has his hoofs that split. God uses two identical uh, purposes for this cloven tongues of fire that he talks about here. Cloven tongues has two effective meanings in what God is doing through the Holy Spirit. He tells us the first one is, it, it is the importance of understanding who he is. So he does that through revelation. He gives you revelation knowledge. That's the first part of the cloven tongues. The second part of the cloven tongues is is not only does he give you the revelation, but he also instills in you the power to go forth and witness on his behalf. So you've got to have twofold understanding of the Holy Spirit. First, revelation knowledge. That revelation knowledge comes through the tongue. That's number one. The tongue, God says, it is evident that you are a child of God. The gift of tongues is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everybody don't have it, but it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It says that is one of the evidence that the Spirit of God lives inside of you. So you don't have to be in no great praise assembly to use and apply the Spirit of God through the speaking of tongues. It is a spiritual gift that is used when it is appropriate in the assembly of God's people. Bible tells us that he gives you that and then he gives you the revelation. Revelation allows that tongue is where revelation comes from. Some preachers and pastors and teachers think because they have all these accolades and PhDs and doctrines that they have it all. 
But without the power and the presence and the use of the spiritual tongues, God can't really use you effectively like he wants to. I don't care how big your congregation is. I don't care how many people attend your church. God is not effectively using you. You're, you're, you're marketing based upon business formats. But the Bible tells us that when the Holy Spirit comes, everything will be in order according to the will and the purpose of God. He says, I'm going to split the hook. In, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 1, let's take a look at that real quick. Ephesians 6 and 1, when you get over there, somebody say amen. 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 Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 says, these words, he says, amen. Ephesians 6 and verse 1 tells us, well, I, I, I want to skip past that because I may have, it says, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right honor your father and your mother which is the first commandment I think that is not the right verse I wanted there I, think I'm, I don't think that's the verse I wanted let's, I'm just going to skip over that one let's go to Romans 15 Romans 1 and 15 that's not the right verse I wrote down the wrong verse there Romans 1 and verse 15 let's look at that it's, it's on the same level verse 1 chapter 1 verse 15 we find these words so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you at Rome also. So he was talking about the Holy Spirit being inside of him and setting him up so to be a minister and a preacher for the gospel of the Lord himself. He said, and, and he goes on to tell us the importance of having the fire. What is the fire? Remember Jeremiah says, just like fire shut up in my bones. He said the gospel and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit was so strong upon me, it was like fire shut up inside of me. He said, I wanted to be quiet. Jeremiah wanted to quit. Remember, he was a weeping prophet. He wanted to quit preaching. But he said it was like fire shut up in his bones and he couldn't be quiet. He had to keep telling it. He had to keep preaching. We find the word of God tells us that the Holy Spirit, when he takes control of you, that's what happens. That's why he fills you to the point to where it overflows. And he gives you revelation knowledge and he gives you wisdom. And he says, go out and tell somebody about me. Oh, yeah. See, church is not just inside of these walls. That's where the training takes place. Church and the purpose of church happens when you leave out of these doors and you tell somebody about the goodness of God. You tell somebody about your worship experience. You tell somebody that I feel exalted. I feel empowered. Because God's word came across to empower and strengthen me. Somebody say yes. We give God glory and praise for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us utterance through the tongues. Not only just to speak, but to prophesy. See, God will, when you use the gift of tongues, you should have the gift of interpretation. To be able to interpret what you are prophesying or sharing. The word of God tells us, look at Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 1. Let's go over there, Matthew 3 and verse number 1. We find these words, the, let's go to 11. Matthew 3 and 11. We find these words, I indeed immerse you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall immerse you or baptize you with the Holy Ghost and what? Fire. So I'm going to give you the fire so you, the fire is what gives you the power. That, that anointing comes on your life and that anointing protects you and shields you. And when that fire is burning inside of you and that anointing is flowing from you, the devil can't even get close. God will protect you from the devil. He will attack you from, protect you from his devices. From his attacks, from the snares, the traps, the Holy Spirit will minister to you. You say, I normally go home this way, but the Holy Spirit will say, go that way today. That's God saying, I'm protecting you from the enemy. I'm protecting you from the attack of Satan. Word of God tells us, John 14 and 17 says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it, it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he what? Dwells within you. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. He lives within you. Then he tells you down in the 26th verse of that 14th chapter, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever 
I have spoken or shared unto you. Whatever I said, the Holy Spirit's role is to keep you in remembrance of that. That's why we have to pray. That's why we have to seek God. That's why he said pray always with all prayer and supplication in the what? Spirit. When you're praying in the spirit, Paul said I prayed in the spirit more than the rest of you. But when you pray in the spirit, you're talking to God. And you're receiving from God and he's revealing unto you the things that you need to address and talk about. Yes, See, these sermons that I minister don't come by chance. This is the orchestration of God. These are things that he said, minister these things in my house. So my people will know me. So my people can experience my love. See, without the Holy Spirit, there can be no love. Without the Holy Spirit, there can be no ability to move forward in the things of God as we should. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. Romans 26 and 28 says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. You ever play, pray and sick and you don't know what's wrong with you? <laughs> but you're saying, Lord, I sure pray I feel better. I don't know what's going on, but I pray I feel better. He said, it's the Spirit that what? Helps us to pray about infirmities. Helps us to pray about sicknesses and disease and things that's going on in our body. And when we pray in faith, believing the Most High, He will deliver us. He will heal us because our faith and trust is in Him. Somebody say yes. The Word of God tells us to trust Him and depend and rely upon Him. The Holy Spirit makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes you get to a place where you want to just moan and groan in your prayer because you don't even know what to say. The Holy Spirit takes over because he knows us. He knows God's purpose. He knows God's will for our lives. So he says, I will complete the prayer form. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit seals us. See, we are a product of the Most High. He tells us in, in the book of, of 2 Corinthians, verse 22, uh, verse 21 also, he says, Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Yes. Elohim, Yahuwah Elohim. Then he says, who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. Yes, so he says, I'm not just going to baptize you physically. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to seal you as my own and nobody can't touch you. Nobody can't undo what I have done. That's permanent. So once he does that for you, you are sealed in the things of God. You are sealed by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit who you have received as your comforter, as your guide through Christ our Lord and Savior. Scripture tells us, it says he comes to help us in ministry. Remember what Christ said in the fourth chapter of, of the book of Luke, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. See, the, 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 the Holy Spirit anoints. He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach the deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind. Not physically blind. Spiritually blind, lost in a world of sin and confusion. He said, you come and your purpose is to preach to those individuals so that they can be transformed and come to Christ through repentance and receive him as Lord of their lives. That's what we're here for. The Bible tells us and shares with us. He says, not only that, he said to set at liberty them that are bruised. See, people are hurting. People are dying. My niece's husband committed suicide this week, last week. Why? Hurting, sick and tired of this world. There is no excuse for that, but that's what happened. That's what took place. The Bible tells us and shares with us that should not be the case. We should be able to reach those that are lost. Had he ministered and shared with him or poured out his heart to somebody that can help him, he might have still been here today. But the Bible says there will be the enemy who will come to kill, to steal, 
and to destroy. That's what the devil's job is. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He said, but I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He says, eat from the table. The Holy Spirit descended in a bodily shape of a dove on Christ when he was immersed. He came up out of the water and the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and sat on his, on his shoulder and, and descended upon him. And God opened the windows of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am what? Well, please. The Holy Spirit gives you identification. You are marked by the Holy Spirit. You're marked. That's the property of God. That's what he does. That's what he did to the son. He said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. What the scripture teaches and tells us. Bible goes on and tells us not only that. He says, thou art my son in whom I am well pleased. Then he goes on and he said, he was led by the spirit all of his life. Christ was the only perfect individual on this planet. He was led of the Holy Spirit all of his life. He listened to the Father. See what the Holy Spirit does is not only is he our teacher, our comforter, but he's also our guide. He will guide us and direct us in the path that we should go. We, when we think out about finding out of our physical or carnality or carnal mind, the Bible says we got to get back in the spiritual. And listen to the word. The more you read the word, the more you feed the spirit. So you've got to have love. You've got to have prayer. And it's got to be endorsed by the Holy Spirit. Because once all of those come together, there's no way you can say, I hate somebody. I despise somebody. I don't like somebody. Not when you've got the love of God and the Holy Spirit working inside of you, you can't do that. You, you have to have that part of forgiveness. That's what the Holy Spirit... See, the Holy Spirit can be grieved by our behavior. So we have to be careful not to grieve him. Talking to somebody recently, I think it was uh, Jeff, we were talking the other day. We we're talking about the things of the Holy Spirit, how he can be grieved. Yeah. God, when Jesus Christ went to Calvary, he said, now I'm going to tell you this like it is. You can talk about the Father, that's blasphemous, but I won't hold that against you. You can talk about the Son, that's blasphemous. He's not here any longer, I won't hold that against you. But if you speak one word against the Holy Spirit, that's blasphemy and, blasphemy, and that is there is never forgiveness for blaspheming against the Holy Spirit because he is the influence and the power of God in the earth through you and I right now. So Christ returns and redeems the church. The Holy Spirit is the only influence in the earth. And the day is going to come when that's going to be lifted out of the earth when all of the saints go to be with him eternally. And when that happens, everybody going to be on their own. What is the evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in us, that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. What evidence do we have that guarantees us and that assures us that the Holy Spirit is within our hearts and that we're living by the will and the purpose of God? The first thing he tells us is, is that we have confidence in our salvation. There's no question and no, 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 no excuse. Or nothing that comes up to question our confidence in our salvation. In Romans the 8th chapter in the 16th verse he says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's the word. Then he tells us the character of God manifests in our lives. How do we know? We have godly character. Galatians 5, 22 and says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. We have godly character when the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Then we have a passion to witness, a passion to share the gospel. He tells us in Acts 1 and 8, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you receive power to witness unto me. See, the Holy Spirit came to witness about Christ. He came to witness about the Lord Jesus himself. That's who he came to. The Holy Spirit's job is to witness about the goodness of God in our lives. And to tell the world that, yes, 
He died. He was buried. He rose again. And you must receive him as Lord of your life or spend eternity in hell. That's what the word tells us. The Holy Spirit will tell us and give us the character of God and the passion to witness. He tells us not only that, he goes on to tell us in Acts 2 and 4, he says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. We read that verse already. But he said, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. You will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. See, it's not you. Even though during that day they were speaking the languages of people that were with them, all the nations that were there, the Holy Spirit will give you a language that's directed directly to the Father. So when you speak in the tongue, you're talking directly to him. The utterance is to the Holy Father. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's how we are assured that he is within us. You have a love for Christ when the Spirit of God dwells within you. Romans 5 and 5 says, And the hope maketh us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given to each and every one of us. The Holy Spirit lives in your heart. He is within you. His job is to what? Protect you. To comfort you. To teach you. And to guide you, you have a desire for the truth. That's assurance that the word of God, by the word of God, that the Holy Spirit rests and rules and lives inside of you. How do you know that? First John 2 and 27 says, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth within you. And you need not that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. The Holy Spirit does the work. He didn't say you, you know everything because you got the Holy Spirit. He just simply said that he will guide you. He will direct you. You still have mentors. You still have pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists and apostles, etc. But the Holy Spirit himself will also teach you as you study the word of God, as you meditate upon the things. See, meditation, people think you read it and think about it. No, you've got to read it and read it and read it and read it and keep reading it and keep reading it. The more you read it, the more power. So you build up your spirit, man, when you read the word of God. The more you read that thing over and over and over and over, the more it builds up that spirit within you and the more you desire more and more of God. You desire more and more of your fellowship with him. Your love for him becomes stronger and stronger and more powerful. Finally, he tells us, you will walk in holiness. When the Holy Spirit is within you, you will walk in holiness. He tells us those words in 1 Peter 6 and 1 Peter 1 and 16, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Be ye holy, he says, for I am holy. Finally, he says, I sealed you with the Holy Spirit. Not only did I give him to you, but I sealed you with him. In Ephesians chapter 113 b he says, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. God has set his seal upon you and no one can break that seal no one can take that seal from you no one can do anything to hurt or harm that seal the story is told in the book of Ezekiel and we'll wrap this up the word of God tells us and shares with us in the book of Ezekiel the 37th chapter and some of you may have heard this story Ezekiel had been going back and forth to God about the circumstances and situations involving Israel. And he didn't quite understand everything that he should know. He didn't quite understand everything that should manifest and happen for him. But the word of God tells us and shows us in that 37th chapter of Ezekiel. And the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me in the spirit and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of dry bones. He says, and caused me to pass and walk around about them. 
Not only did he set Jeremiah in this big valley full of nothing but bones, dry bones, but he, he had him to examine those bones, that they were all dead. They were all dried out. There was no life in those bones whatsoever. He goes on and says, and he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? Can they live, son of man? Jeremiah, he says, Lord, you know the answer to that. And again, he said, Jeremiah, prophesy to these bones and say unto them, ye dry bones, hear the word of God. Then he says, hear the word of God, you dry bones. Thus saith God unto the bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. Then he says, and I will lay skin, veins, which is called sinew. I will lay the sinew upon you in place and I will bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and breathe in you and you shall live. Now he's given Jeremiah instructions that go and talk to this valley of dead bones. Sometimes God gives you instructions to go do something. You're like, man, that's crazy. I ain't going to do that. But that's what God did. He sent him out there. He said, go talk to Go prophesy. Go prophesy. People want to prophesy. Go prophesy. Go and prophesy. God sent him to talk to somebody that couldn't even talk back to him. To deal with somebody that couldn't even deal back with him. Go talk to these dead bones. Go talk to these dry bones laying in the valley. He gets down there. He takes the word of God. He says, and he laid the sinews upon them. And in verse number seven, he says, Jeremiah said, so... I prophesied as I was commanded of God. And as I prophesied, there was a rattle. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together bone upon bone. They attached themselves together. All these dry bones in the valley was a full heart. And they attached themselves together. And when they attached themselves together, it says, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. He said, I'm prophesying, and as he's prophesying, God's working. And what God told him would manifest, if he would just do it, start it manifesting. See, sometimes God will say, do it. Don't ask no questions, just do it. Somebody say yes. He says, and when I beheld, I looked upon them, and there the flesh come upon them. And then he said, but there was no life. He said, they're full of flesh, they're completely covered. They're human, but there is no life. And look what God tells him. He says, and, and then when he done that, he said, there is no life in these bones. There's nothing that I can do. He said unto me. God told him, say, prophesy to the wind. Uh, the spirit. The breath. Numa. Ruach. Prophesy to the wind, Jeremiah. Son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Jeremiah said, Okay. And he began to prophesy again. And after a while, breath came inside of those dry bones. They began to live. Not only did they begin to live, they began to breathe. And they stood up on their feet as an exceeding army. God gave them life through the spirit. See, you have life in the spirit. Yes. The spirit of God manifests life within you. Jeremiah was talking to dry bones and all of a sudden now they have spirit, they have life. They're alive, they're standing in the form of a whole army. But he said, now Jeremiah, I got something else to tell you. He said, then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the house of Israel. Everybody has written Israel off. Everybody think that those people in Israel over there are the true Jews or the true Hebrews. They've written them off. He said the last will be first when I return. And the first will be last. He said all, he said my children are spread abroad in every nation. They're not in one little place they didn't go into the Caucasus Mountains of Russia. 
And all of a sudden in 1948, they became a state and now Israel has returned home. And Israel is still in the wilderness. God is revealing life unto Israel now. The 12 tribes and the descendants of the 12 tribes, some of us is in America. Some of us is in Russia. Some in New England. Some in France and Germany and all these other places is where God, he said, I'm going to put y'all everywhere because you're disobedient. But he said, you go back and talk to the house of Israel. He says, and say to the house of Israel that I am going to deliver them. I am going to bring them out of the valleys of other nations. I'm going to deliver them out of the things that they have experienced. See, God says, I will put up with so much. But then he says, if my people that are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and pray, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. And that's what people are beginning to do. They're slowly waking up. But God says, if my people will just recognize me, he didn't tell us to worship idols and crazy things. He said, God said, I am jealous. And I didn't put nobody over Israel. They are mine. (laughs) They belong to me. And they will give. See, that's why Israel go through so much more than other nations. They're not the chosen. They're not the royal priesthood. They're not the peculiar people that God chose. He said, I will deliver Israel. He said, say unto me, son of man, these are the bones of the whole house of Israel. Behold, I say, our bones are dry and our hope is lost and we're cut off as a part. He says, therefore prophesy and say unto Israel, thus saith the Lord, behold my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel and ye shall know that I am God and that I did this. That's why Christ had to come. That's why he had to die on the cross for our sins. See, he came to regenerate Israel. Other people are benefiting because Israel rejected Christ when he came. So he sent the gospel to the Western world, to the Europeans. They, they received it through Paul the Apostle. But the time is going to come when their time is up. The Bible says that the day will come when the Gentiles Rain will come to fruitation. They will, com- they will be completed. And when that happens, he's going to open the floodgates for Israel to come back in. And when Israel comes back in and recognizes who they are, there will be no nation on the planet that can identify with Israel. Everybody going to want to be related to us. <laughs> Everybody going to want to have a part with us. Because what? God's for 400 years... We have suffered and gone through. And it continues to this day. But the time has come. God is beginning to open. If you read the book of Revelation, everything that Revelation talks about is manifesting right in this time. That's why God says, be filled with the Spirit. Seek His face and call upon His name. Because only He can give you true deliverance. Only the word of God can feed your soul and feed your spirit man to the point to where you feel resurrected. You feel liberated. He says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, Holy Spirit, love, what, and a sound mind. You are somebody. Don't let nobody belittle you or talk down to you or mistreat you. Say, hold it. You're messing with a child of God. You better back off. Y'all hear somebody talking about the pastor? They go, don't do the holy. Don't put your hand on him. That's an anointed man of God. Don't you touch him. You better find somebody else to talk about. See, that's, you stand up for the people of God. You stand up for your brothers. If somebody's talking about my sister, hold it. You don't know her like that. You don't know him like that. You don't talk about a child of God. Are you a Christian? Yeah, well, shut your mouth. Pray for him. That's what the word of God teaches us. He said what? Have love one for another. He said pray one for another. He said confess your faults and then pray one for another. 
But he said, in everything that you do, be filled with the Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh. Be filled with the Spirit, the breath, the wind, the air of life. As God filled those Israelites that he talked about in the book of Ezekiel. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Is there anyone that desires prayer today? If you do, if you will stand and come forth, we'll pray with you. Anyone desire prayer? If that's you, come on to the front and we'll pray with you. Anyone else desire prayer this morning? Anyone else? You all can come on to the front. Come on up to the front. I'm going to stand right here and pray for you. Everybody, if you want, if you want prayer, just come on up. Everybody can, okay, that's good. Come on down, come on down. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise you for this message, for this word. Lord, you know the desire of your people that have assembled here for prayer this morning. We ask that you touch each and every individual, touch their needs and meet their needs right where they are. Holy Spirit, minister in the hearts and the minds of your people. We just pray your comforting power over your people. We pray for their health. We pray for deliverance from issues and circumstances, situations in their lives. You know better than we can pray. And we just ask you to minister. We ask you to touch those that are sick. We rebuke sickness and command it to go. We bind the powers of sickness in their hearts, in their minds, in their physical bodies. We rebuke sickness in the womb of time and command it to loose God's people. We decree and declare your glory. We loose your anointing of healing over your people. We loose your deliverance over your people. We invoke the power of your healing among your people. Let them be healed from the crown of their heads and to the sole of their feet. Send your anointing and heal. Send your anointing and deliverance set free. We break the, 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 the strongholds of the mind and we rebuke the enemy and bind this power. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you and we resist you in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Christ, our Messiah. We bless you this morning, Father. Now we pray for each of you. We pray for their households, their families, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, husbands and wives. We decree and declare the love of God to manifest, move in every circumstance, in every situation. We decree it by faith. We pray healing. We pray victory in every situation. We decree and declare it for we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. We bless you. We praise and glorify and worship you as I serve his prayer. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 Uplifted hands, we'll go ahead and dismiss. And now, in the human is able to keep us false from falling to the color of dominion, power, glory, majesty, and honor. Keep us now, Heavenly Father, cover this house, cover every member here, bless their households, their families, and those outside in their communities. We decree and declare the glory and the power of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit to rest, rule, and abide with them now, henceforth, and forevermore. And let all the redeemer of the Lord say, Amen. Amen. Consider yourselves dismissed.
Well, that's the first. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. You doing okay today? Yeah. I'll take the money. Yeah. <laughs> you, ladies, you, you know what? <laughs> I was like, well, hey, he's your identical twin. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, <laughs> 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 what's wrong with you? Look, like, wait a minute. What's wrong with you? He don't know what. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm, no. I'm the queen. But uh, I found out that he's your twig. Because I know that place. Now, if you go down to the church down there? Yeah. Oh, you know. Yeah. I know. Okay. Brother. Okay. What's your name? Uh, my papa. Your boy? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell him I'm sorry. I'll talk to him every time. Well, because he has... Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Thomas Williams. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. We called Thomas to give us a bid on the property. Oh, okay. I used to go to church with all of them. We all used to go over here at the temple. Yeah. Over there, over there, also. Christ and love. God bless you. We have a good meeting. Several different ones around the city. I'll tell him I'm sorry. Okay. Well, like I said, I'm between friends. I'll kill him. I understand. Absolutely. First
I can see them every nine minutes. Every nine, every nine, every nine. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the truth is It should be unlocked. Woo! Alright, get out of the car, Mom. It's hot. I'm gonna ride that hard, my uncle. We gonna miss out of town for a change. I'm going to watch the ball game. Woo. I think we can take it on down the road. I know I can even probably still sleep. Right now. 